is a worsening consumer environment worldwide to blame for what we saw yesterday in bonds? The extreme nervousness pushing a massive flight to safety? How about tumbling oil and gasoline prices? Just today, WTI futures down across the curve and at the very front, back into contango all over again. Now, of course, the International Energy Agency comes out with a statement with oil prices being weak and says, no, we see nothing wrong. Consumers seem to be holding up just fine. But maybe the statement was released in order to try to firm up oil prices before Saudi Arabia has to come in and cut oil prices all over again. Because consumers are a huge part of not just oil, but the global economy. And we've got consumer reports, actually retail sales figures from the United States, from China, and from Europe that show yeah, things are getting pretty dicey out there. And maybe there is something to this flight to safety and bonds, as well as why oil prices continue to be weak in the face of all of these supply pressures. Maybe the consumer isn't actually holding up after all. And a good place to start, the United States. U.S. retail sales came out today. They were down fractionally in the month of October, but that followed a big surge, a last hurrah, as I called it, last month, especially in August and September. Big numbers there. Now, ex excluding gasoline, they were about the same. So retail sales in the month of October were not really about gasoline prices or gasoline stations or gasoline in any way. Consumers just they took a pause a little bit in the month of October, which we could kind of sense coming from all the anecdotal data, the sentimental uh, statistics that came out suggesting weakness coming in October. Certainly a very big change in momentum from September into October. The disinflation rebound that we've been talking about, that's starting to have a more negative and deeper negative effect on the U.S. economy too. So while... October wasn't really about gasoline in terms of retail spending. The softness in it might be the first step toward additional weakness, which is what may be driving markets to more extreme moves and more extreme measures, whether it's contango on the WTI curve or this massive flight to safety we saw in bonds yesterday. Uh, and it, well, again, it wasn't just in the United States, it was all over the world. And in real terms, Retail sales, which have not done nearly as well as in nominal terms, suggest again that consumers are becoming somewhat more cautious about spending in October. Of course, there was the student loan repayment that started up. There were a number of other factors. Economists like to cite high interest rates and maybe that's having an effect somewhere, but it doesn't seem to be a big one. More than anything, what consumers appear to be most concerned about, it's about the labor market and jobs. There's a reason why the Federal Reserve focuses on the Phillips curve. That's because jobs are important, even if there isn't a direct relationship between employment and consumer prices. It's all about demand. And consumer spending on goods is a huge chunk of demand. And that's what retail sales are telling us. That in real terms and in nominal terms, October was only one month, but it was one that suggests maybe there was that big change in consumer behavior. The thing that markets appear to be picking up, well, here it is, at least in one month, it's too early to draw any hard conclusions, but in one month, we've got the U.S. consumer suddenly becoming a bit more cautious. And it wasn't just retail sales. We can see some of that spilling over into other facets of the U.S. consumer economy, too. Things like retail inventories, 
retailers have been increasing their inventories or they had been increasing their inventories over the summer. So we have to be careful here too. Retail inventories have been rising mostly due to an increased availability of automobiles, cars and trucks. The supply shock for those, the last couple of years of consumers waiting to get product available, dealers trying to refill and restock their lots. Well, that has been happening throughout the global economy, but the U.S. in particular. So we have a rising level of motor vehicle inventories. When you step back and look at it outside of motor vehicle inventories, retailers, they're not as willing to restock as maybe the, it looks to be from the top level of statistics. Instead, excluding motor vehicles, retail inventories have been basically flat for well over a year, which of course has, has been enough to trigger the inventory cycle. So retailers had overordered, thinking that retail sales and retail consumer spending was going to remain robust, not just in 2021, in the first part of 2022, forever into the future, a permanent plateau of prosperity. But instead what happened is consumers started to get hammered by especially oil and gasoline prices, also food, the basic necessities, and they started to cut back a little bit. Not a whole lot, but it was enough that retailers and especially wholesalers began to rethink their inventory strategies. And over the last year and a half, apart from motor vehicle inventories and the restocking among dealers, retailers have not really changed their view on consumer spending. So if consumer spending, as possibly suggested by October retail sales, begins to worsen and slow down even more, what would that do to the inventory cycle in the United States? It would accelerate it to the downside. Up until this point, retailers have been content to just kind of maintain inventory levels. Now there's some fluctuations with prices, but by and large, they're maintaining inventory levels and not really adding to it, nor are they subtracting a whole lot from it. But that's been enough, as I said, to, to trigger the inventory cycle, the downswing in the inventory cycle that has plagued manufacturers. So a sudden change to the downside in consumer spending on the US, uh, in the US on retail sales, if that does continue for the rest of the year into next year, if consumers become more concerned about the labor market than they had been previously for probably good reason, then that risks triggering the worst part of the inventory cycle where retailers really start to cut back on inventories, which wholesalers have been doing to a, a greater extent thus far. And suddenly the environment for producer gets even worse. That's the implication we get from something like producer prices. Now, the big news yesterday was about consumer prices, but producer prices tend to lead consumer prices because producer prices are often a function of what businesses are finding in terms of being able to move inventory in the terms of goods, but also services. And the Bureau of Labor Statistics just today in addition to the Census Bureau reporting retail sales, the BLS said that the PPI was down by a substantial amount. It was negative for the first time since May and negative by the month, most on a monthly basis since April of 2020. And it suggests, like we've been saying, the disinflation cycle heading into its downswing. But that wasn't just due to oil and gasoline prices lowering the, the overall PPI. The core PPI was also down for the first time since March, and you also see the disinflation cycle there. You can see it here in producer prices, especially core producer prices. And the fact that core producer prices were actually down in the month of October 
suggests that maybe retailers, wholesalers, the goods economy is seeing more weakness as the, this year starts to head toward next year. And another part of the PPI that we should pay attention to here, services. Now we've been talking about consumer, consumer spending in terms of goods, retail sales, but in terms of services, there have been questions about that pretty much all throughout the last couple of years. Services spending never really recovered from the pandemic. And now we're seeing a negative in services PPI too, as a leading indicator, not just for prices, but also reflective of what may be happening from producer demand. So from the US statistics, whether it's retail sales, retail inventories, or now producer prices, we have to ask the question, not only are we seeing the downside of the, the downswing of the disinflation rebound mini cycle, is the consumer splurge over because of it? Now again, retail sales fractionally lower, not a huge deal, and it's only one month, but it is consistent with what we see in a variety of places uh, across the global marketplace, across the global economy too. So it's not a good sign as far as that goes. In terms of much more concerning signs, that's retail spending and consumer spending in other parts of the world. As I said in the beginning, we're going to hit all the major economies here. In addition to the U.S., we've also got retail sales data today from the Chinese. And contrary to most mainstream assessments, retail trade, retail sales in China, those were not good yet again. But what you hear and what you see throughout the mainstream media is the annual rate, the year-over-year -year rate, which was 7.6%, um, that was up because largely the base effect of being compared to last October when China was being thrown back into lockdowns. So the 7.6%, like earlier this year when we compared to other lockdown months, it was misleading. 7.6% is not a good figure for for a monthly the month of uh, October that's comparing to last October's lockdowns. And you look at the two-year change, which was right around 3.5%, that tells you that weak, weak retail spending environment in China, which is something that we understood we knew was coming, contrary to the mainstream headlines. This is something that we have been expecting because we saw weak credit statistics, in particular consumer credit, short-term consumer loans in the month of October, according to the PBOC, were actually lower, fractionally lower, but they shouldn't be lower at all. Mortgages. Uh, mortgage credit in RMB terms, that was very slightly positive in October, one of the worst Octobers in modern Chinese history for household credit, suggesting that households aren't seeing a recovery. And if they're not borrowing to buy properties and property prices are continuing to fall, as they are because they're not borrowing to buy properties, that also keeps a lid on consumer spending because household wealth is very, by and large tied to home prices and housing in China to begin with. So the lack of credit show consumers are continuing to be very reluctant to engage in either home purchases, but also likely spending. And that's what the statistics actually showed. So while you see the 7.6% year over change, year over year rate everywhere, what you don't see or you don't really hear is that the monthly numbers that the National Bureau of Statistics put out showed that in October, retail sales were almost flat to September, which was already bad because September retail sales were basically flat to August. So you have two consecutive months now 
where consumers in China basically are not spending anymore. And these are nominal terms. This is not real spending. This is nominal terms. So Chinese retail sales flat in both September and October that's a really alarming sign. It's alarming because that's actually the third time out of the last four months, August being the, except, the exception, and retail sales in July were actually negative by a fraction, but the third time in the last four months where retail sales have basically done nothing. That's an incredible amount of weakness. And it's even more alarming, as I talked about in a recent video, given the fact that the Chinese have been attempting to stimulate the economy. They've been attempting, the government there have been throwing everything they can, well, throwing a lot of what they can at the economy to get it to stabilize, at the real estate sector to get it to rebound and hopefully start moving in the right direction, to get consumers back out there spending all over again. But the statistics show that isn't happening. Instead of responding to all of these government efforts, there's no response at all. The Chinese economy from consumers on out continues to get weaker and weaker. Whereas the mainstream says China has turned a corner, they may be right for the wrong reason. That China has turned a corner in the wrong direction, going back toward downturn, weakness, and all the talk of a hard landing, which is consistent with everything else around the rest of the world. I do want to note one thing. I do have to note that uh, when the Chinese released their statistics last night on retail sales, industrial production, and fixed asset investment, the initial knee-jerk reaction across the mainstream media was, look at these robust numbers, especially consumer spending. I'll give you an example here. The Bloomberg headline last night for this particular article said, China's consumers provide a boost to economy in search of support, which was playing off of the 7.6% year-over-year rate. But then later on this morning, apparently somebody tapped him on the shoulder and said, you can't call China's consumers spending, uh, boosting the economy, given these figures. And so the new headline this morning says, China's mixed economic data adds to case for more stimulus, when there wasn't really mixed economic data at all. Um, we're not going to talk about retail or anything other than retail sales here, industrial production and fixed asset investment. Fixed asset investment wasn't good either. But essentially from consumer spending, that perspective, exceptionally weak and getting weaker as the year rolls on, which is the consistent theme that we're getting all over the world here. There's one last part of the world we need to visit, and that is, of course, Europe. Europe had reported retail sales for the month of September earlier. This is a, a month further back, but it doesn't really matter because Europe moved out of the disinflation rebound earlier than other places like the United States. See from Europe in terms of retail sales, nominal retail sales that have been basically flat over the last three months. So July, August, and September, no growth in nominal terms, which has meant that in real terms, because prices are still rising, in real terms, retail trade has been down the last those three months too. So that's the negative recession quarter that Europe has reported, and largely due to ongoing continued weakness in consumer spending there. And this is nothing new for Europe. As you can see, Europe has been, and especially real retail sales, Europe has been exceptionally weak all throughout the last year and a half. In fact, you make the annual comparison here, nominal retail sales in Europe are up 2% year over year. So comparing this September to last September, but real retail sales were down 2.7%. 
So Europeans were spending about 2% more compared to last year to get about 3% less stuff, which is, that's the recipe for a recession if ever there was one. So the European economy, a glimpse into our future, further along this downturn, this downswing in the disinflation mini cycle, this further downswing in the overall supply shock cycle, and it looks to be exactly why markets are afraid of macroeconomic circumstances moving forward. With European consumers and European retail spending further along on the downside, it doesn't take much of a leap to look at U.S. retail sales and say maybe October really is the beginning of a downturn here, a more determined downturn here. And you add to that Chinese retail sales that are increasingly questionable at best and more and more looking incredibly weak despite, despite all the efforts on the part of Chinese authorities, the global consumer environment, it starts to make a lot more sense why there was such a massive knee-jerk reaction to the CPI yesterday in the United States, massive buying and bonds. Everybody has an itchy trigger finger pulling the trigger to buy safety and liquidity, or why oil prices, despite this statement put out by the IEA, Maybe it isn't such a robust demand environment or resilient demand environment as the statement said. Instead, consumer spending worldwide, the United States, Europe, as well as China, maybe we are heading toward that recession. More and more, it certainly appears that way and not in just one, not just one place or another, but increasingly everywhere. I talked about oil and gasoline prices just recently, specifically what's going on in the curves there. You can check that out, the video link below me. As always, I thank you for joining me. Huge thank you, Eurodollar University subscribers and Eurodollar University members, some of whom you see over here. Till next time, take care.